0: Bay Hills Community Church is pleased to have you join us for the concluding message in our series, True Community. Today, our guest leader, Curtis Zachary, shares some more with us about being connected in the family of God. Listen as Curtis shares with us what true relationship is all about. We'll take a look at what it means to love one another as we live our lives in community. And Curtis will challenge us to grow closer to each other in the body of Christ and to work at restoring one another.
1: Let's, uh, let's just briefly pray, if you wouldn't mind. Pray for me. Uh, pray with me. Uh, it would be awesome. Father, thank you. <clears throat> Man, we just thank you for this time, God. We know that it is a blessing. It is a gift from you to be able to be together right now. And so we just ask that you would speak to us no matter where we are on our journey with you, God, that uh, you would talk to us, that you say something to us. We have open hands ready for you to take from us whatever you want to take from us and give to us whatever you think we need. Uh, We are hungry and thirsty uh, for you today, God. So let this be about you, not about any people. Uh, Be lifted up. Let me be small as it says in John 3.30, God, uh, that you might be huge. Uh, speak to our hearts, God. Uh, we love you. We invite you in. Uh, we don't have to because you're everywhere, but yet we want to say this is your time, God. Uh, have your way in here. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been traveling through this series together uh, called True Community. started a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is really meant to be a package of messages together. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, I would encourage you to jump on the website, listen to those because I, I really believe that God wants us to look at this progression and see what this means for us to be true community. We've, uh, talked about it over and over again, how it's not just about this small gathering, here that we have together on Sunday morning, but there is a big C church and God, uh, through his word wants us to understand what it means for us to be connected. And so we started out, uh, talking about true community saying, what is uh true mission? What is the true mission of the community of God, the family of God? And what we looked at and saw through his word is that the mission that he is inviting us to be a part of is to join him in the work of the renewal of all things. You remember this? We said that he wants us to join him in that work. And that was so overwhelming because we said, man, there is no way that I could join him in that work in and of myself. I need some help. And what we said is it's not about us. It's all about Him, Right. And that's become part of our mantra. We're saying it's not about us. It's all about him. And so we're encouraged because we see the true mission of the church, the kingdom of God on earth is to join him in the work and the renewal of all things. Then last week we looked at true transformation. So we understand that God sent his son to rescue us from sin and death then we said, well, what does that really mean for us? How does that transform our lives? How are we now changed because of what's happened? And what we realize is as we look through scripture and we see the way that God is reforming us and making us new, we see that he does that for community. He transforms us for community. So what happens around us actually matters for us. Remember we talked about how There is one body, but there are many parts of the body. And all these parts work together. So it matters. The way that we run together as a fellowship of believers matters. So he tells us in his word that we need to focus on what it looks like for us to relate to one another. And today we're going to actually focus on that a little bit because remember last week we said in Romans twelve nine, one of the first commands Paul gives to the folks that are trying to figure out how to be followers of Jesus on earth. He says, let love be genuine or love for real right? Love for real. And so we said, okay, we want to figure out what that looks like. So this week, we're going to look at true relationship. What does it mean for us to love for real? Because we need each other. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you know what a neighbor is, right? As as the next, <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need me. <laughs> yeah, you can say that with confidence. That's right. You need me. That's right. And so we're going to look at what the Bible says about this true relationship? What does it take for us to live out true relationship? And before we even jump into that, there was a verse that kinda came uh, to me this week when I was thinking about being this community, being connected, and it's a verse in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 18:1. And it says that whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Whoever isolates himself, whoever isolates himself, not is celebrated, not is championed, but whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. We need each other. We need the family of God. So let's look at how we're supposed to relate with each other. The first thing I want to look at when we're trying to figure out what does it mean for us to have a true relationship, an honest relationship, a real relationship in the kingdom of God, the first thing that we need to know is where we are coming from. We need to know where we're coming from. Let me share this verse with you, and then that will help us to understand what we're talking about. In Proverbs 27, I'll start start in verse 5, but we have verse 6 on the screen. It says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Somebody say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah, you heard that word, rebuke. That's not a fun word, right? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Then it goes on to say, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses, or many are the kisses of an enemy. Now, when some of us look at that, immediately there should be some kind of rub happening there, because Many of us would look at that and say, wait a second, I don't want to be wounded by anybody ever, let alone a friend. And this verse in the Bible is trying to tell me that a wound from a friend can be a faithful thing, can be a good thing. Some of us should look at that and say, man, that doesn't really make sense. Because in my life, I don't want to be hurt by anyone, right? That's just kind of how we're built. Like, how many people know that sometimes the truth hurts, right? Like, it doesn't matter how much we try to put it out there like, oh, you know what, I love constructive criticism. It helps me to grow. And so when I hear criticism, it helps me to figure out the places in my life where I need to grow and where I, yeah, that's all good and everything. But when somebody tells you the truth, it hurts, right? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. We don't like to be told the truth when the truth hurts. We love to be told the truth when the truth feels good. We love when somebody, oh, you can tell me the truth all day, but just make sure you don't hurt my feelings, right? Man, you can tell me the truth all day. But what this verse is saying to us is something very important. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. So basically what this saying is that there can be a wound that is actually good for you. Man, that's a hard thing for us to jive with in our flesh, in who we are, because we're saying, man, I don't want anyone to disrupt my vibe. I don't want anybody to kill what I got going on, because if you tell me something that hurts my feelings, it is going to hurt my feelings. And so I don't want to have my feelings hurt. So therefore, just keep it to yourself. (laughs) If it is going to hurt me, I don't want to be hurt. But what the verse is reminding us of is what it says in the very beginning where it says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. So basically what this is reminding us is that we need to be told the truth sometimes. Is that true? <laughs> yes, like some of y'all do wanna receive that one. <laughs> we need to be told the truth sometimes. And we need to tell it well, and we need to receive it well. Man, we need the truth. But the question is where are we coming from? Because this says right here, better is a wound from a what? From a friend. You know when you have a friend, there's a big caveat right there. A friend is coming from a good place. A friend wants what's best for you. A friend wants you to advance. In the context of church, a friend wants you to grow closer to Jesus. A friend doesn't want to see you suffer. A friend wants to encourage you, right? That's a big caveat. So are we coming from the place of a friend, a well-meaning friend, when we are a truth-teller? That's a great question to start with before we start telling truth. Are we coming from the place of a friend? Is this place a place where truth can be told from the place of friendship? You know how often it is that we go into congregations or groups like this? I don't know if it happens at this church all the time because you guys are super spiritual, right? But I don't know at the churches that I'm a part of, right? There are times where you can like be rolling up to church and then before you get in the door, like you reach in your glove compartment and grab that like smile, well, bam, and throw that bad boy on your face. And then you got that smile, oh, what's going on? It's all good. <laughs> you know, everything's good. And then, you know, the answer to every how you doing? Fine, <laughs> right? Man, we're good with that. And then we go back in the car, throw that smile in the glove compartment, and we're miserable. Is this a place where we could come in brokenness? Because that's truly what we're starting to get at here. A friend will tell us the truth and encourage us in the truth. And we are vulnerable and we're moldable and we're teachable because it is an environment, is a community that says, man, I can tell you my stuff and I know that you will tell me the truth from God's word. Is this a place where that can happen? It's a great first question. Where are we coming from? If we're going to tell the truth, are we coming from the place of a friend? Do we desire to see someone grow in their grace with God? Or are we just trying to tear people up a wound from a friend is good it's better than kisses from an enemy right but then what we realize is number two if this is going to happen if we're going to be in true relationship man we need to be honest with one another we got to be honest right Man, when I think about honesty, like in telling the truth, it honestly reminds me of discipline when you are a little child, right? Like now there's, I want to make sure we're clear about this because this is very important. There is a big difference between punishment and discipline. Do we realize this? Punishment and discipline are two different things. Punishment says you did something wrong. Here you go. Take it. Shut up. (laughs) Go over there. Punishment says, you did this wrong. This is what you deserve. Just take it. Discipline says, you did something wrong. Now, there are consequences for what you did wrong, but this is why. This is why you need to be disciplined. This is why there are consequences. And now that I've given you these consequences, I want you to know that I am for you. I am with you. I am giving this to you so that you might be better. See, I think about that for us. And many of us had different instances when we were kids. Some of us had punishment given to us when we were kids, right? Some of us had discipline. Prayerfully, we all had a good situation where we were able to be corrected and molded. I know for me, it wasn't always that way. I know for many of my friends growing up, it wasn't that way. It was punishment. And, and some of us can understand what that's like when you do something wrong. Have you ever been in this situation or have you ever known someone else where you've done something wrong and you had to go outside to get a stick for your own whooping <laughs> have you ever had to do that before <laughs> that's crazy right <laughs> so you have to go outside and get your own <laughs> method of pain right <laughs> go get me a stick <laughs> And then you come back in or whatever that looked like for you. I don't know what punishment or discipline looked like for you, but it looks different for all kinds of different people. But this is like there's these two things that were kind of connected whenever there was like this punishment discipline situation happening. There were these two things that as a kid, I had no idea. I could never understand how this could be true. I remember when when you're a kid and you see somebody about to get a whooping, right? They're about to get some discipline, whatever it is, like whatever that looks like, the parent or the grandfather, whoever's in charge, they can with all honesty get that child, look that child in the eye, and with all honesty and intentionality have the audacity to say these words. Now I am doing this because... I love you. Now, I don't know about y'all, but like when you were in grade school and you, you find a girl or a guy that you like, you know, you want to let them know like, oh, this is all cool. Like you buy them a flower, get them some candy, right? Give, give them a note, you know, pass them a note. Show me you love me like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. I, I'm doing this because I love you. I remember when I was a kid, I would hear that and I'd be like, yeah, right. How is that love, right? And so you hear this, man, I'm doing this because I love you, right? And then the whooping commences, right? This, this beating, this spanking, whatever the term is you want to use when you were a kid, right? And this happens. And I've seen times like where, have you ever just been hit or hurt so badly that you can't even talk? Like you just, you're just trying to respond to the pain. Like the pain comes and it's just like bam. And like that was so interesting too because like you would get a whooping. And they would be asking you to answer questions, like, as you're getting the whooping. So, like, you're getting this hit, like, wham, and it hurts. And they're like, what were you thinking? How could you d-? And you're just like, I don't know what I would do. It. Like, you can't even talk, right? <laughs> no, that pain is bad, man. So, like, you get in this situation, right? They give you the whooping. The pain is there. And you're trying to respond to these questions. And then now everything's done. Like, you're getting yourself together. You're trying to <laughs> You trying to calm down. And then here they come one more time. This is the second thing that I never could understand when I was a kid. Now, the first thing they said, man, I'm doing this because I love you. Now, after the whooping has come, they said, now, I want you to know that that hurt me. (laughs) More than it hurt you. Now, you know, that's a lie. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and I remember thinking as a kid, man, how could you say that? Like what in the world could you be thinking that would make you think that I would believe the words that are coming out of your mouth right now? But see now I'm a father. <laughs> Everybody say, "Uh-oh." <laughs> that stuff come right back on you. Now I'm a dad, right? And my little Noah, tomorrow he's going to be five months old. He's so cool. He's just like so chill, man. Little Noah, he could do no wrong, right? Little Noah is so cool, right? But there's going to come a time (laughs) (laughs) when little Noah is going to start figuring some stuff out. And we're starting to see little glimpses of this already, right? Like Noah starts figuring some stuff out. He's a smart kid. Like, okay, if I do this then this, right? If I don't do this, then this. Like he's gonna start figuring stuff out. And so as he begins to progress in this understanding of things, I wanna make sure that Noah is in the best situation that I can provide for him. My wife and I, we want to parent him well. And I know myself, I know that as a kid, I was in situations where I was shown things and allowed to see things way too early. And the decisions that I made were completely destructive, not only to myself, but to my relationship with my parents. Man, it caused separation between my family. It caused me to to bring destruction in my life. My mind needed to be renewed. And all of these things were stemmed from these decisions that I began to make when I was a child. And I know what that meant for me and I know how bad that jacked me up and what I needed to be rescued from and so I do not want that for my son. I want to make sure that my son is in a situation where he is productive and he is able to feel safe and loved but there is going to come a time where for me to be able to love him well I am going to have to I can't even say it uh, I'm going to have to discipline my son. Man And just think about it, like, I haven't even done it yet, and it's killing me. Like, I haven't even (laughs) had to go through with it yet, and it's, like, killing me. But, man, if you ask me the question, well, why would there be discipline in the equation between father and son? It's like, man, I'm doing it because I love him. But I also believe the very words that I thought were a bold-faced lie. (laughs) It will hurt me (laughs) way more than it's going to hurt him. I listened to my wife talk about some of those things now, how it breaks her heart, how it's hard for her, man. And it's true, man. uh, Parents, I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me just say, like, if you older in the house, man, I'm sorry that I ever thought that that wasn't true because it is true, man. It is going to be hard. It hurts me more than it hurts you. And you know, what's crazy is like when I think about true relationship in the family of God, sometimes it's just like that. We need to be truth tellers in the same way, because essentially when I'm disciplining my son, it's me telling him the truth. I'm telling him the truth, the factual matters so that he would not be in danger, so that he would redirect his life and do what is productive for him, right? I'm telling him the truth. And that's what God is calling for us to do amongst one another as a family of God, that in love, from a place of true friendship, my desire is that you would not be in danger. But when I see things that cause me to be broken for your life, I have to tell you the truth, and sometimes it's hard. But think about it, man. Some of us have people in here that you're, it immediately came to mind, and you said, man, I, I know, I know I need to have that conversation. What is the motivation? Man, I'm doing it because I love them. And honestly, man, when we sit down and have that have you ever had one of those kind of comments? Like, man, we need to talk. And then you sit down and you have to actually break down something that's difficult to say. Man, it hurts. It's hard. And you almost feel like this, like it, it hurts me more than it hurts you. Right? Like, this is really hard. But this is what God is calling us to in the way of true relationship, that we would look out for one another from a place of friendship in that way, that we would be truly connected so that we would encourage. Because we're at the beginning of that verse that it says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. You see, we feel like sometimes we're loving our friend by not telling them the truth. Man, they're grown. They can figure it out. Man, if I tell them the truth, then it's just gonna hurt their feelings. And when it hurts their feelings, then man, now we're gonna be kind of like in a weird place and I don't wanna deal with that. Like, man, so you know what? If I just be quiet, I support them no matter what. It doesn't matter what they're doing. And all the while, the path to destruction When simply all we need to do is allow the Spirit of God who is speaking to us to show us this thing that we need to say. Man, open rebuke is better than hidden love. You don't want to just love them and not tell them the truth. You want to speak up and say, man, I don't know what this is going to do to us, but I care so much about you and your connection to Jesus that I have to tell you the truth. And sometimes it's hard. It's hard to tell each other the truth. We have to be honest. Man, I think about this verse in Ephesians 4. It gives all these reasons for why the offices and ministry are there for us in the church. It talks about the apostles, prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. It says that they're there to equip the saints. They're there to equip us. So the church, this gathering together is there so that we might be equipped, that we might grow, that we might be enriched, that we might further our relationship. But I love what it says right here. It says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather... We speak the truth in love and we grow up in every way into him who is the head, Jesus Christ. We speak the truth in love so that we might grow. Man, I speak the truth to my brother and to my sister because I want you to know the fullness of a relationship with Jesus, not because I think I'm better than you, not because I think that it's more important to go with what I think about, but it's so that we would grow in Him. Man, I, there's a situation where, uh, when I was in Tennessee before we moved out to California, uh, just long story short, I was in a situation where I had to have this meeting with some folks and they were trying to figure out my perspective about this situation. And man, for a long time, man, I really struggled with this idea of being a people pleaser. Not so much that, um, It was all about me, but really more so that man, I wanted everybody to be okay all the time Like I didn't want people to be mad at each other. I didn't want you to be mad at them I didn't want you to be I guess. Yeah, I didn't want you to be mad at me, right? I just want to make sure everybody's all good all the time and so because of that There would be mechanisms or there would be things that I would do out of my character that would feed into that desire to make sure that everybody was okay, that I was a people pleaser. And I remember I was in this meeting and they said very directly, all right, we want you to explain to us the situation that's happening. Give us all the sides, let us know what your perspective is, and then we can move on. And I remember they sat me down and I started to talk and I started to talk. And I was talking and I was talking and I was talking and I probably talked for about five minutes uninterrupted, just kind of talking, trying to weave it all together, trying to piece this guy's part and, and my part and his part and how does it all work? And, you know, trying to explain and trying to say why, but trying what they were thinking and try. And I remember I was explaining what was happening and the guy, one of the guys that was there at the meeting, he stopped me mid sentence. He said, stop, 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 stop it. And I was kind of shocked because I was explaining. I was in the middle of trying to craft this all together, make everybody feel okay. He stopped me. He said, stop. He said, you've been talking for about five minutes and you haven't said anything. Man, I felt small. (laughs) That cut me. Man, that hurt. Man, I cannot even expressed to you how small I felt. In the middle of this meeting, there were other people present. This man stops me in mid-sentence, and he says, stop, stop, stop it. I just need you to say what you mean and mean what you say. And man, we finished the meeting. I explained. We got to the heart of the matter, kind of worked it all out. I got up from my chair. I went downstairs. I drove home, was in the parking lot outside of our house, and I was just crying. And we went inside, I was kind of trying to explain it to Monique, and man, I was crying. (laughs) Man, I felt so small. How could this man do this to me? I don't understand why he would call me out like that, man. He just stopped me mid-sentence. And he cut me. Man, he cut me. There's no other way to say it, because it hurt. When he cut me, it hurt. It was a real wound. And that night I tried to sleep. I couldn't really sleep. I felt uneasy. You know that feeling when you're just queasy and you feel like you're unsettled. You don't know what's going on. I remember feeling that feeling and I was just like, man, ah, oh, I don't understand. But I remember that there was a time where I went back to a follow-up meeting with those guys. And I sat down in that chair and I looked that dude in the eye. And I took a big old bite of humble pie and I said, man, it hurt my feelings when you said that. But I know that that will change the rest of my life. And you know what it has? It has. There's no more time for me to just try to mince words and try to figure it all out. I need to just say what it is that God has put in my heart to say and trust that he can do whatever he wants to do with it. I need to do that in love, of course, but I need to know that God has given for me what to say, what I need to say, and I need to trust that the Spirit of God will lead me in that way. And rather than trying to worry about making everybody feel good and trying to make everybody feel like I'm cool and I'm I'm pleasing everybody... No, I need to just trust. And you know what happened? I was reshaped because of a wound that came from a friend. The wound came from a friend, and the wound was a real wound, but guess the the, the wound healed. But when the wound came, it changed the rest of my life. Do I still need to remember? Yes, but you know what I remember? That time when the wound came. Friends, sometimes we need to give each other the truth. But then the beauty of all this is in number three. The first one we said, man, we need to know where we're coming from. Do you genuinely want me to be in relationship with you? Are we friends? Do you want to listen to my truth and tell me the truth and encourage me in that? The second one is we need to be honest. Not only when we tell truth, but we need to be honest when we are vulnerable and in celebration together and encouragement together. But then the third one is this. This is the beauty we need to restore one another because a lot of places that you go and fellowship together man we're quick to talk about yeah tell the truth you tell them you tell that dude you tell that girl you you tell her she's wrong because you're in church you're doing the right things yeah you you, yeah it's all about you no (laughs) we tell the truth so that we might grow closer to jesus We tell the truth so that we might put down barriers between us and God and grow closer to one another and grow closer to him so that he might restore the one that might be on a path that isn't the best path for them. But restoration is the goal. We need to restore one another. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him. In a spirit of gentleness, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Then he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I love this scripture. I love this verse. And the reason I love this verse is because of the word that is used here. In the Greek, the word restore is really interesting when it says that you should restore a brother, someone or a sister, someone who maybe is going down the path and you need to tell them the truth. Man, look at what this word restore is all about. In the Greek, that word was used for two purposes. Kind of in the secularization of the culture, you know, just kind of the separation from kind of the Bible definition. At that time, that word restore was used as a medical term. And it's the word that talks about setting broken bones back into place. It talks about how you should restore your brother. So to set broken bones back into place, it would take some intentionality and it would take great care and it would take gentleness. There's another use in the New Testament that word restore is used when they talk about fishermen repairing their nets. There would be a hole in the net and they needed to restore the net. And that word was to mend, to put back together. And that would take great care and intentionality. And to do it right, you would need to know what you're doing. And then I'm so encouraged by this because of the way that this verse comes. Because it says, man, when somebody is in a situation where they need to restore, it says, you who are spiritual should restore them. Now, that's not talking about, okay, well, that's saying the pastor or the one that's in leadership, they need to do the restoring. No, this word spiritual right here is speaking about led by the spirit. What have we been saying the past three weeks? It's not about you, it's all about him. The spirit of God is what gives us power and strength. The spirit of God is what leads us. So if you are led by the spirit, you now not only have the power to tell the truth, but you also have the power by God's grace to restore that brother and to restore that sister, so that they might know the fullness of the gospel. It says in John 13, 35, that they, the people outside of these doors, they, those that are not following Jesus, they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. Man, what is so amazing right here is if we have a true relationship, if we can truly get this, if we have true relationship, the watching world will see the way that we love one another in truth and in restoration, in genuine love with the mission of the renewal of all things. All these things come together with true community and the watching world sees what's happening right here at Bay Hills and they say, man, I don't know what they got going on, but I want in. I want in. And the reason that they want in is not because of you. It's all about him. And what happens is when the spirit of God begins to move in our lives and we demonstrate all of these attributes, not because of our strength, but because of his strength, all of a sudden people want to know about the kingdom of God. Friends, I just want to encourage us. We are a community community. We are a community. We are the true community. God has commissioned us through the words of Jesus to join him in the work of the renewal of all things. And we need to be transformed so that we can be transformed for community to have true relationship. And it's all, all of it is for the glory of God so that people would know the fullness and the truth of his gospel. Amen? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. I pray God, that you would write this on our hearts. I know many of us have conversations that automatically came to our minds that we know that we need to have. I know many of us in here realize somebody's probably gonna have a conversation with me. (laughs) But I know, God, the beauty of your restoration is available for all of us whether we are the one giving the conversation or whether we are the one that realizes that somebody probably needs to tell us the truth. God, the beauty is that your grace is available today for all of us. God, I thank you. I thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst. I thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray, God, that we would respond. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. It's our hope that today's podcast has enriched your life and answered questions you may have had. If you'd like more information about what was said in this podcast or about Bay Hills Community Church, you can reach us on the Internet at www.bayhills.net. Bay Hills, located in El Sobrante, California, is radically committed to reaching the unchurched in the Bay Area and to developing believers into fully devoted followers of Christ.